Tori. And Alex. And we are the Ishi Sisters. Yes, and you are listening to the Tenfold Podcast. And this week we have a really good topic, I think. Uh, we're actually going to talk about what we want to teach our kids and the next generation. Because I am due next week. Five days. <laughs> In five days. I'm due on the 25th. We'll see if she comes in or not. Um, but, you know, obviously it's been getting me to think about what it's going to be like to be a mother myself yeah. right and it's huge it's such yeah. a shift and like how do I want to raise my child and in this world and differently than I was raised and like what kind of values do I want to bring to her and all of that kind of stuff so we thought this would be a good topic yeah and we just watched when was it last week um mm. promising young woman which is kind of like what you don't want to teach your kids or do I don't know how that works but um it's a new movie with what's her name Carrie Mulligan yes um I don't know she's married to the guy Mumford, from Mumford and Sons yeah Some trivia for you um how much of the plot should we describe yeah yeah so she's a young woman <laughs> I think she's 30 she turns 30 in the movie and basically she was in med school with her best friend and they like grew up together and her friend basically got gang raped at a party or something and then in uni in uni yeah. yeah and ended up getting super depressed after and committing suicide and then she had dropped out of med school with her friend to kind of support her during that time and now she's just working in a coffee shop and like she goes out and she's very obsessed with what happened yeah like yeah. it it's what drives her and she goes out at night and pretends to be drunk at clubs like wasted off her face and then will go home with guys and then kind of basically see how far they'll go with her and then once they get to a certain point she just is like reveals that she's sober essentially and they're all like oh shit like because they, they're all trying to take advantage of her yeah and she's like scoring it in her little black book of how like how many times that happens basically and kind of just testing I think her own opinion of men after yeah. what happened to her best friend and feeling like she's in, enacting a type of revenge it's really like dark and twisted in some ways but also it's, it's well done. It's really, it's really well involving. Done. Yeah. Um, it's got a really good soundtrack, including Paris Hilton's song, if you remember yeah. Star is Blind, which I actually really like. I liked. had like a newfound appreciation when I heard it in <laughs> I that movie. I just found an article about it, actually, because yeah. they're like, that's a bopper. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think as a woman watching that movie, like anyone I know who's watched it is like, we've all been in situations like yeah. that. And like, I, I was talking to my boss about it and she said she thinks every guy should watch that movie. And it's like basically how you would learn about consent or like those blurred lines and like how they depict guys in that movie is it I feel like pretty accurate not obviously for all guys but it's kind of like shows you the ridiculousness of our culture in some ways and how yeah. those things fly and how there's that like bro code and blah 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 um but yeah and then it makes you think of if you're having a young daughter like what you want to teach her it's true it's like in the vein of kind of cruel intention yeah and all those like kind of tongue in cheek, even though it's dark, it has a dark ending mm. too. Um, but yeah, you get, I don't know. It's a, it's an it's an interesting watch. Yeah, <laughs> it's different. It's definitely captivating. Like I was watching it the whole time, which doesn't happen very often these days. <laughs> um, actually, the other movie I wanted to talk about that I watched yeah. this week was with Adam Brody called The Kid Detective, and oh, it's yeah. funny because Adam Brody's in Promising Young Woman. So, um, and The Kid Detective also like both of these films feel a bit more fringe yeah and they've got that kind of dark twisted side to them and so the kid detective also has that and, and it's also like a 30 year old 
kind of in a weird yeah it's like about adam brody and he was this kind of child detective prodigy um Mm. and had won like the key to the city or something when he was a kid and then he uh failed to solve the case of a schoolmate who went missing one day and it's haunted him like the rest of his adult life and he's never kind of got out of that rut and is just living as kind of a pathetic like affair detective or something like that um and then yeah and then some things happen in his life that are also very interesting and twisted but (laughs) (laughs) both of them were movies where you sit and you can't stop watching it which i haven't seen in a while and i really know they were both really good and they make you think too you think about it after for sure um, and then you watched something that you yeah. got super into this week. I binge watched Ted Lasso. Lasso? I don't know. It's a show. It I think it's on Apple TV and it's based off. I didn't realize until I Googled it later. It's based off like a football commercial. Oh. Apparently there was like a commercial that, that was like years of ago. Course. And then they based a show off of it. Um, but it's like Jason Sudeikis. How do you say his name? Um, and he's like an American football coach who gets recruited to move to England and teach or coach a soccer team, but he knows nothing about soccer. And he's kind of just one of those characters who's just like a genuinely good person. Um, and it's just like such a light and heartwarming show. And I think I just needed that so badly last week. And I it's one of those shows where I like all the characters and I feel like they actually do a really good job at developing the characters and it's just such a positive like I was just like so happy watching it I binge watched it in one night pardon Juno Temple I always like her in things she's always got is she which one is she she's the footballer's girlfriend oh yeah she's great she's really good and also did you know um giles is in it from buffy he's actually he's like such an evil bastard in the show really like the worst person ever um but i love that he's even in something else he was really good um but yeah it's just like put me in the best mood and then i went and googled it after and it has such a good rating on imdb and everyone gave it like 10 out of 10 and was like yes. this is what i need right now like i think especially during the pandemic and like if you're in toronto or anywhere really cold and restricted right now yeah. it's just such a like breath of fresh air and really really i just yeah i highly recommend it i was just like i love i have show. not love love loved it but i've been watching i feel like it you've been like, half watching it though i feel like if you watched it watched it you i've might been like trying to watch it watch mm. it though and then i'm like okay i'm i'm just gonna <laughs> do this thing while i'm watching it but it's a good for me mm. watching while, while doing working. things yeah. <laughs> show yeah, nice. and it does have just like a really nice pleasant vibe that like it's good it's, lighting and like actually yeah. it's for a show that's set in England, it's pretty sunny and like not, yeah. I actually was like, as, this yeah. is so not um, <laughs> yeah true to form, but but it's just like it's funny, but it has serious parts. It's just a good mix of everything, yeah. and it's just like warmed my heart. I was like, oh, this is what I needed. Um. Oh, and then one other thing I want to talk about, which is kind of related to like our topic today, is I've been reading this book forever. Actually, <laughs> it's taken me a really long time, but it's called um how to get the love that you want and it's basically by these two i think they're like relationship psychologists Mm -hmm. or something and they're married to each other um but they go through their whole method of like it's actually that was the book my psychologist yeah and then i ended up getting it and it's like they go through this whole method of different exercises you can do with your partner and all this stuff but the whole premise of the book is basically when you're a kid like whatever kind of love or lack you have in your life basically from your parents or guardians will um, basically like imprint on you and then impact your relation romantic relationships because you'll un or subconsciously like find someone 
who kind of repeats whatever patterns that you had when you were younger so it's been really interesting to read that and try and kind of reflect on my own life and what that might be and I feel like it's good motivation to try and make sure that you give your kids a really yes. like loving upbringing and a healthy like balancing so that they don't have too many issues that they're trying to you work also through. feel a bit like I haven't read the whole book I yeah. read the first few chapters I think yeah. so far but um it gives you this feeling though like oh my god I nothing I do is like my own decision yeah. almost. like everything is predetermined from what you, <laughs> how you were raised and you don't even realize how yeah. deep your unconscious biases go yeah. But anyways, I feel like it's it's made me be like, oh, what am I going to do with my kids to make sure that they have like, yeah, at least a little... Yeah, and know that you also can't do it anything perfect. No, too, you I definitely can't, but you can minimize. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> other thing I wanted to talk about was how your brows look amazing <laughs> <laughs> and your eyelashes. So Tori went and got a brow lamination yeah. and a lash lift. Lash lift, yeah, and tint. Um, so yeah, I went a few months ago and got eyelash extensions and I've done that a few times. You have too. Mm -hmm. And they're great. Like I love doing them, but I feel like my eyes are also really sensitive to like the glue that they use. So then I always end up crying a lot when I have them. And then it's also not great to like do all the time because it wears on your lashes. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to try the lift because when I went, she was like, oh, you have really long lashes. So a lift could be good because it mm -hmm. just like curls the lashes. It's basically like a perm on your lashes. And like the brow lamination is also kind of a perm on your brows, but straight. It basically it's makes like, you look like it's you a keratin have, like, treatment. Yeah. I feel like it's like you're a tiger, but in the best way. <laughs> and also my brows are just like brushed up like vertical and like look really. It gives you legitimately laminated. Uh, right like a caffeine hit basically. It makes you look like you're more awake, awake first yeah. of all. And also, you know, those. Um, when you they do like the model shots, yeah, or what's it called when they just go in and get their headshots? No, the uh, yeah, it's like headshots, but it's just yeah, whatever. I forget what it's called now, but um, that's what it looks like. That like like there'd be a Polaroid of you, and they always <laughs> have like bushy brows, and like um, a lot of models when they were younger, yeah, it's like they had those. If you were a model, like you had like those oh, that little kind of like end. unruly hairs like yeah. closer in the middle, but they like look really cool and. Yeah, it was That's it was look. definitely interesting. it was funny because I went in and I was like I've actually never done anything to my eyebrows like I pluck a bit underneath them mm -hmm. but I've never I don't think I've ever gone and got them waxed or styled or anything. I just don't have enough eyebrow to yeah. do that. But then I didn't think I had enough eyebrow really to like do the lamination. But I can't like I don't know. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it looks it looks a bit intense up close at the moment, but I think once I shower tomorrow, it'll maybe get a bit fluffier and <laughs> look exciting. a bit less gelled. But I feel like it's fun. I'm glad. I, I would did it. love to do it. Yeah. Um, except they said you can't do it when you're pregnant. Yeah. So soon. soon. Which also then always makes you be like, what is in these things? Like, but yeah. We'll see. I've made a list of things I want to do when I'm not pregnant anymore. <laughs> but then I realize I probably also need to wait till I'm not breastfeeding. Yeah. For a lot of them, because it's all chemical things like getting my brows laminated, um, getting some highlights in my hair. Oh yeah. Um, I really want to get. Or do the, the, foot, the foot, foot peel, peel. like if you've ever done those acidic yeah. foot, uh, foot peels are amazing uh and oh teeth bleaching again or like uh, press white strip yeah i bought some of those a while ago and then i forgot i used a few and forgot <laughs> uh, i accidentally bought the ones that were like you have to leave them on for an hour though and oh, i was like this awful. is too long <laughs> <laughs> so read You'll your white strips carefully yeah <laughs> Okay, um, so let's get to yeah, the podcast. Yeah, the juicy part. Yeah. So what do you want to teach your children when you grow up? Okay, hit um, me with some facts. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do like a little bit of research because um, I wasn't even sure like what is the name of the generation that 
like my daughter is going to be born into. So I just found out we are finished with Gen Z and now we're going into Gen Alpha. Oh yeah. So So when does Gen Alpha start? Oh, it said 2010. Oh, I don't know. I I think it said 2010. Um, But yeah, we're in Gen Alpha. So we've gone all the way back to the beginning of the alphabet. Does that mean that the next one's Gen B? Beta? Oh, beta. Beta, Zeta. (laughs) All the sororities. Okay, well, (laughs) it's interesting, but... So some of the things, yeah, I've like, there was a bunch of, there's a really cool website called the Pew Social Trends, and they've got a lot of really interesting articles on there if you're, if you're interested in looking at more of this stuff. But some of the things that they were saying is um, millennials on the whole have been slower than previous generations to establish their own households. Um, they also lag furthest behind in the share living with a spouse and child. Only three in 10 millennials fell into the category in 2019 compared with 40% of Gen Xers. So that's like a 10% difference, yeah. right? At, who, Gen Xers at the same age um, and then 40%, 46% of boomers. So that's almost a 20% mm. difference and 70% of silence, which is what they call the generation before silence? boomers. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. which is a bit weird. Um and then also a majority of millennials are not currently married, marking a significant change from past generations. Mm. What does marriage look like for millennials who have tied the knot? They are getting married later in life than previous generations. The median age at first marriage has edged up gradually in recent decades. In 2019, the average man first got married at 30 and the average woman was 28 um, when she was first wed. This is three years later for both men and women than in 2003. So from 2003 to 2019, the age increased mm. by three years, which is actually not a lot of time for that to happen. No. It's interesting because I feel like we've talked a lot with each other, at least about how funny it is when I actually think about people my age from like uni or high school. And a lot of people still aren't married or have kids or like just starting to do that now. And I'll be 33 and like. In 10 days um but well, yeah, yeah from my group of uni friends yeah. like my smaller group of uni friends i'm the only one who's having, who's having a kid yeah and i'm 36 and they're a year older than me yeah because i went a year early it's so. like definitely not like i feel like before it would have been like the majority of people our age would already be married and kids and now it's like definitely the minority i would say mm-hmm. um but that i think that's also a big city thing yeah compared probably. to others but um, also, previous research, research has shown that women are waiting longer to give birth, with many becoming first-time mothers in their 40s. I think that's very mm. true. I was just talking yeah. to someone at work who said that she had her first kid at 41. Yeah. Um, so this is reflected in data showing that the age of first-time mothers has increased over time. In 2015, when the oldest millennial was 34, um, the mean age for mothers was 26.4, up from 22.7 in 1980. So from 1980 to what 2015, it went up four years, mm. and the mean age is different than the average age. Right? Yeah, I can't really kind of think stuff, it's similar. I don't. Know. Um, the other thing was, oh yeah, we found out because we were just curious about this. There are 250 babies born each minute, more than 130 million born each year. Mm. So obviously, this is called tenfold right the podcast is tenfold it's that no filter life dream and we talk a lot about like the filters that we've had kind of put upon us like as we've grown up and then this idea of like understanding ourselves better unlocking what those filters are and then shedding them hopefully if possible so we can shine as our true selves and I think a lot of that comes from the way our parents grew up in those generations right and Mm. it seems like each generation 
and each generation before that they've lived in stricter and stricter times yeah and in times where there were more rules more ways you had to abide to fit into society etc and like as time is going by not only are we individually trying to shed those filters i feel like as a society we're we're doing more to do that and i know a lot of people have complaints about their baby boomer parents or (laughs) whatever generation your parents are in and i know like our parents have complaints about their parents right And, and how they kind of directed their lives but when you look at that time period at least with the baby boomers and stuff like there there was no self like it wasn't in the like vocabulary to be yeah. self-reflective and go to a psychologist as much like Any it wasn't such no. a mental health wasn't it was a hidden yeah. thing right whereas now everyone just talks about oh i'm going to see my psychologist i'm doing yeah. this i'm doing that blah blah blah. it's on instagram like it's on everything like people are so much more open and yeah. not private about those things and no. it's almost like a badge that some people wear <laughs> to an extent <laughs> um so yeah so this isn't like to blame parents blame our parents and blame those things or because everyone like you do the best that you can do knowing what you know yeah but in your circumstances there are a lot of things like when we were growing up that we learned and like the way that we were taught that life was that now that I've been kind of going through those filters and Mm -hmm. then now especially thinking about being a mother has made me think well what do I want to teach my kids and what kind of what I don't even know what kind of filters I'm going to end up putting on her, but um, what were the filters that I wish that I hadn't learned? So yeah. Tori and I went through and we separately wrote down different. Oh, I like just our- I just want to say one thing because like what you were just saying made me feel like I feel like we're a more conscious generation and like our parents were more in survival mode like yes, all the time yes. and like that's just the way it was and it wasn't whereas like now it's because we are more global and we have Instagram we can see so many different things and we're open to so much more that I feel like it's a lot easier for us to be on that conscious journey and do all of that yeah we've got the resources yeah to do it. yeah and like we've been we've created the space mm. um so how do you want to go about listing our, do you want to do I think like just one go back and, and forth okay. yeah so things you wish you didn't learn that you've spent your life on learning now. <laughs> uh, Do you want to go yeah. first? Sure. Uh, one of my biggest things that I've tried to unlearn is feeling like whatever I do, the ultimate thing is not to upset anyone or not to get in trouble. Like I feel like that has ruled a lot of my life. Um, and I think one of the classic examples, and like you love to tell this story, is when I, how old was I? I don't know, like four or something. Probably. I like Alex came upstairs and I was just what was I doing I like was it hiding or like looked like I was gonna cry or no like, I think we were looking for something oh, and okay. I was like oh maybe it's under the bed and then I had like a panic attack yeah. basically and you were just like no don't, don't look, look under, under the, the bed. bed and of course if someone says don't look <laughs> under the bed all you want to do especially as like an older sibling is look under the bed so mm. Um, yeah, you, but you literally for like a really quiet, like demure child, like went into like animal panic of like trying to, I think, restrain me from ever looking under the bed and, and just like really freaking out. And then what was under the bed? And then I finally looked under the bed and the only thing under the bed was a skipping rope that was like broken in half or something. Or like my hand was broken. I don't even think I would have realized it was broken. (laughs) Like that kind of a thing. 
Yeah. So that was my level of like. Well, and I remember being just like incredulous where I was like, what? <laughs> what? what is this? And like just to see that like that was associated with so much panic and yeah. fear and that it was obviously like the secret you'd been holding inside and like worried Dreading, about anyone like, seeing under yeah. your bed. It was also a horrible hiding spot <laughs> for someone. <laughs> I don't even remember what my mind was thinking, but that's just an example of like, yeah, my level of not wanting to get in trouble or like do anything wrong, but like to a fault that I feel like it probably like paralyzed me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's one of mine as well. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, failing, being wrong, getting in trouble is the worst thing that can mm. happen to you. Um, I feel like our whole family is is still sometimes yeah. terrified of looking bad. Yeah, um, yeah getting in trouble, doing yeah. something wrong, any kind of failure, like that embarrassment yeah. that comes with it. Um, and so it was this idea that you could somehow control that and not mm. let it happen. Or basically just be perfect. And yeah, never, by being absolutely yeah. perfect and like... Never giving anyone Also watching like, everyone yeah. and making sure that you never upset anyone or... You know, you always knew what the rules were and you were always following. Yeah, it's just, it's very like a lot. It's very energy draining to to live like that all the time. Um, And I think, yeah, like, so it, it's something that was like paralyzing for me basically. And also contributed heavily to my anxiety to think Mm. about things like that all the time. And it's just, it is a lot of energy because you're on constant alert, like scanning every situation to like make sure you're to not try and make sure you're always wrong. like standing within the lines yeah and i think part of that because you've said a lot and i felt this too of that feeling of like we're on the periphery or on the outside sometimes and not like the center of our own lives or not mm-hmm. living and i think part of that is because we're all we've always been so busy like trying to not upset anyone Worried around about us it. Yeah. yeah and like if you just jumped in and were a part of it then how can you control yeah like getting you know that you don't do anything wrong basically if you're in flow so it's like literally taking yourself out of flow to make sure that you just never get in trouble um and yeah so some examples of this are like it sounds awful but i would always blame a friend first before taking the blame myself not so this is not at school or anything like that so uh, it was different like i Mm. i have morals (laughs) but like at home with our parents like if if I had a friend over and they, let's say they spilt, I spilt something while yeah. we were doing it. Let's say if my parents asked about it, I would say my friend spilt it. Yeah. Wait, because would your friend be there or after? No, me? no, I would okay. never do it. Like <laughs> I would, so I would never do it if that person would get in trouble, Yeah. but like I you did it because they would never, my trouble. parents would yeah. never hold that against yeah. them or put them in trouble. Yeah. But they, if they knew it was me, they would. It would be like literally like how could you do that yeah. like you're so irresponsible yeah like you ruined this like yeah. they ru- it was very 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 over dramatic yeah. so um that kind of thing at home like really affected me and I didn't like having that be my reaction but that mm. was like the easier way out of something rather than getting in trouble and it made me then just not getting in trouble became the most important thing yeah. over anything else yeah which is awful. Um, and then another example would be I would forge signatures if I got like a bad test result <laughs> or something. And a bad test re- result would be like under 80% yeah. or something um, because I was so afraid of what the punishment would be. Yeah. 
and how it would literally be like you failed like it's the end of the world like everything was so black and white in that way and so being so strict and so hard about things like that and putting so much pressure on this idea of perfection caused me to then do kind of quote unquote bad things (laughs) and like also value the not getting in trouble more so than the actual result of something that happened like like not blaming something on a friend not cheating on uh like your school test or whatever right so it like that's just I think that's such a horrible outcome yeah it was like yeah the stuff with grades too like I remember I think I had like a shop class project where I had to make a bridge with my friend and we got like 70% and I just cried. And the teacher was this like young guy who I think was probably in his 20s or 30s and he like did not know what to do and did not understand why I would be crying Aww. because I got a 70%. And I was just like, I can't handle it. Like, and then even like... Wait, didn't you say in shop class too, you barely did anything because oh, you were so yeah. scared, I was of, scared the of the tools? Saws. I spent like five months making a triangular box. <laughs> and you just would walk around and try and pretend yeah, to be busy. I like would. that too is like a fear based yeah. thing rather than just jumping into it, like a fear of not you know not doing it right it definitely was um and then I think also like yeah just like you touched on not just a fear of getting in trouble but the idea of like being embarrassed like I feel like embarrassment seemed like yeah we equated embarrassment with yeah kind of like getting in trouble like I remember um I went to computer camp when I was like seven or something one summer it was like a week-long day camp and we had to do a make a powerpoint presentation and I think I had a partner who was like someone maybe younger than I don't remember but I just thought our presentation was shit I was like this is the worst thing ever (laughs) um and I just like faked illness and was like I have a stomach ache because I just didn't want to be there for anyone to see that because I thought it was like so bad I actually just like faked an illness and was like I can't (laughs) present this and like yeah it's just funny and it makes me I also got really sick when before we had music club where we'd perform on a Friday morning like dance songs and stuff and we did Janet Jackson's together again and it was a really complicated dance and I remember I was like this isn't gonna go well um and I went to bed that night but I got sick I tossed and turned all night because I was so anxious and I woke up like really sick and couldn't go and I think my friends thought I was lying and like (sighs) that I had bailed on them basically but yeah like I just I literally like worked myself up into a frenzy yeah and then I think also along with all that it's like the idea of like someone thinking you're weird would be like the worst thing ever and like I think I like almost felt sometimes like we were like aliens because it was like oh we have to be normal like yeah don't like show anyone something that could be perceived as not normal and it's very true it's funny because I feel like at like at one point when I was a kid I was like a really Ernest is Ernest right I don't know Ernest you were so Ernest kid she had like kind of a bowl haircut with bangs (laughs) and then these giant round glasses and like I was just like so nerdy but in like a cute way where I remember I loved um Shel Silverstein the like the poetry books yeah. and I there was this one poem that was I think it was just called sick and I like still remember some of the words down I was obsessed with it and I read it to my grade two class one day and then I think I read it to them again like a second time like months later and someone was like didn't you already read this and I was just like I just love it so much and like Aww. I would just do something like that or when I started um 
playing the French horn in like grade six. I remember I was so excited and I like brought my French horn to my piano lessons and like played French horn for my piano teacher because I was like so happy about it. And like those are things that You're later. You're so lucky you were so earnest. But like, I feel like I was so jaded Later right I would like never have done. I know. I feel like I had that phase where I was and then it got like stripped away from me. And yeah. like now I'm maybe closer back to that again. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, like that's what you want your kids to be. To just, just be able find to joy like, in the things yeah. that they like. Um, yeah, so basically I learned fear um, yeah. through all of this rather than honesty and, mm. you know, like all the kinds of things that you'd, you'd hope to be learning. Um, I think for me through the fear stuff, I definitely had a fear of authority or like a fear. It's the idea of some of our parents sometimes that like adults are the ultimate like power figure or like anything mm. an adult does is, is like right in some ways or like they always kind of had that like you have to respect us because we're an adult. So like that's just how it is and then i think that i think also they seemed scared of other adults yeah and other things like, and i think it just made me kind of fearful of anyone in power and like yeah. in a weird way which is translated to your work situation with bosses in the past yeah i things. always have this thing with um teacher like whenever i had to have parent teacher meetings or like talk to a boss i always like end up crying somehow and like i think that's related to all of that it's too much pressure yeah, but it's not even like I ever had like bad things to meet with them about. Like even if it's a good meeting, I just get really like anxious. I'm not like that anymore as much, but I was for a really long time. Well, you had to work on it so yeah. much. Um, so yeah, that's one of them. That's the first one. I feel like that was a lot of mine. I just combined into many, so I don't have that many left. <laughs> um, okay, so the next one I've got on my list is I learned and things. So things I wish I didn't learn yeah. that I've now spent my life on learning <laughs> is how to take care of myself in every way oh, right yeah we were just talking which about sounds that great like in theory yeah. and stuff but one of the things that our mom was really really like um passionate about mm. with us was that we had to learn responsibility and yeah. learn how to do things for ourselves and learn how to excel in any situation yeah. and understand every situation yeah. understand what everyone we are was very and capable competent people as a result which is lovely um <laughs> which is good so yeah. it's not that it was like so negative but there no. is this line that you can kind of cross with that right and so in my adult life i've often felt like too responsible too accountable too independent right and it's like that line between being able to take care of yourself and then also leaving no room for someone else to come in and feel like they matter or there's something yeah. that they can really help you with right yeah. it's like if you always feel like everything you do you could just do better Yourself. on your own yeah um you need to be able to leave space right mm -hmm. in any situation for even for in work to be too in your life. i feel yeah. like i do that in my job a lot where i'm like oh i can do it it'll be better I'll if i do, do it so everything just do it. <laughs> yeah it's like learning to let go in yeah. that way and learning that yeah, not everything has to fall on your shoulders. Yeah, I, it's made me really bad at asking for things from people or even like realizing I should. Mm -hmm. Like I remember before I like went to the last time I went to Sydney and that's almost a year ago now. Wow. Um, I like took the bus to the airport and my ex was like, why didn't you tell me you didn't have a ride to the airport? Like I would have driven you to the airport. And I was like, oh I didn't even think about that like I didn't even cross my mind and if it had I would have been like oh but he lived like way further from the airport than me so it wouldn't make sense like and like that's the way that my brain works yeah. and I'm like oh I'm trying to like deprogram 
that because it is like people in your life want to be able to help you sometimes yeah, it makes you like, feel good yeah like, but i think i've been programmed to feel like that's a weakness almost it's like oh i should just be able to do in position everything you. myself yeah definitely um actually that was the same thing with scott when we first started dating and he mm. was living in sydney and i'd go visit him he was like i'll drive you anywhere you want to go like <laughs> just let me know and he was like working and i was going and seeing my friends and i would be like i would like go and do things and i wouldn't ask him to drive yeah. me he's like just tell me where to pick you up or whatever because i just thought you can't do that and then he would get really upset <laughs> and i didn't get it because i was like oh but i thought or i'd be or i'd ask him but be like but you don't have to i'd always have to preface it with that or yeah. say oh and he would get really like why won't you just let me do this for you yeah. and then it was one of those things where i did have to realize oh that's like how he's showing like, his yeah and yeah. it's like and it's such a nice thing but it felt to me like too much yeah like i was gonna mm. take advantage of him somehow but he was offering it and like when someone's offering you something like yeah you should appreciate it mm. um and just because you can do something doesn't mean you need to or have to no. which is good too right <laughs> it's good to know those things but okay so that was one of mine and then do you have another one or um yeah one of mine is that crying is bad <laughs> emotions are bad so our dad's favorite thing was to call me a cry baby all the time whenever i would cry and i cried a lot i feel like i don't know i'm i was like a sensitive kid i'm a cancer moon so <laughs> i feel like i'm just can be emotional in that way um but yeah i feel like our parents were just kind of like oh suck it up like but i think that was common for that generation as well but um it's just it it's definitely hard to deprogram that part and be like oh wait it's okay to feel emotions and you probably should feel your emotions and like just let yourself feel them and process them and all that stuff but it's hard to get that out of your head when all you've been raised is like don't be a cry baby yeah don't show that <laughs> yeah definitely um for me my next one was this is weird i don't know if this is specific to our family or if other people yeah. will like resonate with it too but I, we learned like that the importance of like people's heritage and like yeah. what it means so if if you say your last name i will immediately be like oh you're like irish or japanese or, or polish or yeah. yeah like and immediately classify you into a certain ethnicity thing based on yeah. what i've learned about like those types of people yeah. or like based on my own life and it's just so weird. It's not all like negatives or anything. It's no. like a lot of positives, but it's also just so strange. And that's because that's like how our parents kind of raised us. And so it would always be like, those are the first things you would ask about someone. Yeah. It's like, what, what's their what's last their name? Background? Like, what's their background? Yeah. And then. And also maybe what's their star sign? <laughs> yeah. What's their star sign? Um, and so it was always about like immediately categorizing people. Hmm. based on like a certain number of factors and then also then thinking that everyone else was always categorizing me by those factors yeah. being like half serbian half japanese hmm. in canada um and a libra <laughs> no <laughs> but yeah so that was kind of a a weird way and i remember it was just a f like it, i don't even know if, i think it was just a few years ago i don't even think it was like hmm. it was like in my late 20s when i realize realize that not, that everyone, not does everyone else does that like and i literally I just thought everyone i can't the world not like, like learn someone's last name and be like 
Oh. Yeah, me too. What is that? But my my what I'm trying to do to combat that is like I will consciously not, not ask mention like <laughs> someone's last name. If I'm like talking to our parents or they ask uh. and I'll be like I don't know. <laughs> just because I, it's just yeah. funny. Actually, even with our aunt too. So my partner's last name is an Irish last name, mm. but he is like from the first fleet of like Australian yeah. convicts, you Super know, Aussie. like that came here and he's never been to Ireland and he doesn't have any family in Ireland. But both my mother and my aunt are like, oh, because he's Irish. Like <laughs> and they're always saying, well, you know, because Irish people are like this. And I just think that's so funny because he would literally never think of himself as Irish. But to them, he's Irish. That's it. Yeah. Like, and yeah, I love Irish people. So it's, <laughs> it's fine by me. But it's just really funny. I wonder if it's partly like a Serbian thing because Serbians are very yeah, nationalistic and very proud of being Serbian. So maybe they kind of assume that other true. people are. As well. Or like, now we're just categorizing part. Serbian Maybe. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, that's definitely something I've like, I'm conscious about and yeah. trying to like understand that other people don't do that. Um, okay. Um, do you have any more? I've got. Um, this is like just more girl related, but periods being shameful. Oh, <laughs> I was really? thinking about that because I was like. And yeah. that was from our parents? Not from our parents. Just oh. I think from life okay yeah <laughs> um yeah no that's not from our parents i don't i feel like our mom wasn't ever like weird about it or anything yeah. um but just i was just remembering like times in school where it was like i think there was one time where i was like at band practice and my like pad leaked or something and then like i had some blood on the back and then like i was getting a drive home from my friend's mom and i remember like hovering in the back seat of the, ba- the van so i wouldn't like get i'm sure nobody noticed i know but it's just funny that like you're not allowed to talk about like I would never have felt like I could be like oh, I have my period. I'm you not know. sure if it's different now or not. I don't know I if like it in is. In some ways, it would. I be, hope it would be a bit, but like, yeah, it's just I was just thinking about that and how ridiculous it is that it's like was so taboo and like it's every woman has it. Oh, I definitely. Think. There's even things with birth now that yeah. I was like, how did I not know any of that yeah. stuff happened to your body? They just don't talk about it. Yeah. Um, but back to parent yeah. things. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> um actually that was uh, kudos to our parents because one thing is they didn't there wasn't body shame about things like that no and i don't think it was like hidden and so that's like one thing that could have been because i don't think that's a typical trait of baby boomers but our parents were very um not open like we were talking about all the time but but i didn't feel no i didn't feel embarrassed yeah yeah. and same with like have if we wanted to have a boy over later yeah by Not the time I actually had a boy that liked me, which is way later, like yeah, after you yeah. but yeah. Um, they were pretty like relaxed yeah. about that stuff, which was quite nice. Okay, so the next one for me is that grades in school were everything. Um, so I basically became I was for I would say I was actually forced because <laughs> I was a pretty like daydreamy kind of kid and like very artsy and you were all that always kind of artsy stuff. And creative and yeah, like, and I wasn't well, my mom always describes it. She said she realized that, like, I wasn't in the best reading group and I wasn't, like, doing well at school. Like, I wasn't failing school or anything, mm-hmm. but when I was a lot younger, it just, if I, was, if I was left up to my own devices, it would never have been my priority. Yeah. Like, it would have just been, like, I went to school, did my stuff, and, and that was yeah. kind of it. But to our parents, like, grades were everything, mm-hmm. right? So that was, like, the main value system. And so I was really pushed like very strictly and strongly mm. pushed in that kind of do they call it dragon mother 
I think so. Or Tiger Mom. Tiger, tiger Mom. mom. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it was a Tiger Mom type thing. Um, to become one of the best students in my class, basically, throughout my childhood. And it wasn't something that I was naturally inclined to be good at, yeah. I think, or interested in. And I was really pushed to learn how to excel in a system that wasn't actually for me Mm. right and so there's some benefit to learning that you're capable of doing that just like we're talking about learning about how to be responsible for yourself in those ways um but like as a child like it it, there was always a carrot dangled in front of me and it was if you do well in school you are going to love life later right Mm. there's going to be once you get into the so the the main focus was always uni even like when I was in grade five or something it was like but if you keep doing law in school and you keep doing amazing and all this kind of stuff, once you get to university, like the mm. world is going to open up and you're going to be so amazing and love yeah. life and everything is going to be perfect. Like that was kind of what I felt like the dream had been fed to yeah. me. So just keep doing this, keep learning how to be good in this system and you're like set. everything will be set and you'll be happy. Like, cause I wasn't happy for most of that mm. time, but it was like the happiness will, will come right. If you just keep having faith in this. Um, so, but through this, so learning how to survive in this system and, and, and excel and all that kind of stuff sounds good. But then I also learned how to ignore myself, right? Um, ignore my own interests, uh, not follow my passions or intuition in the process. It was like, I kind of had to go against who I was to mold myself into someone who could do well in that way. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was really hollow, right? So I kept climbing, 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 thinking at some point I would get some kind of reward or feeling out of this, yeah. not having any passion for what I was learning or, you know, doing any of that kind of stuff. I used to skip school all the time, but then just do, do well. well on tests because yeah. I knew how to study and I knew yeah. how to like read a book properly to answer the test questions right in that way. Um, but I still, I didn't retain most of that information either. So mm. it'd just be like cramming before an exam or whatever it was. Um and yeah, but then the thing is that word reward never came. And eventually I had to rework my entire thought process value system. I remember when I got to university and my mom had always said, oh, once you get to university, you'll thrive because yeah. you'll see that's like the right environment for you. And I got there and it was no different. Yeah, Everything was the same. And but now like the playing field was bigger with more people and it didn't really matter how well you did because yeah. it was like well what's the, that gonna be for after this it's funny because i feel like i was the same as i was like i was more inclined to be like a nerd and <laughs> i feel like I you would have been like a school yeah yeah like and i was in the gifted program and all that stuff so i feel like i didn't mind as much all of that like academic stuff but then I did really well and I never school. would have stood up at school and read a, a shell <laughs> silver <laughs> <laughs> never um yeah, and like I did really well, but then yeah, I got to uni and then I was like, oh, like what now? And then I didn't do that well and you like I think in uni I just didn't care anymore and I started getting not bad marks well, or anything. What was the incentive? But yeah, right? it was like, well, I'm already at uni. Like what what are the marks for now? Like what's yeah. what was all of that? So it was like, like never learning how to cultivate a passion yeah. or like and then also focus feeling on our interest. lost because I think a lot of my identity was being on, on being a good student and like mm-hmm. being one of the smartest. And then I got to uni and didn't do that well and was like, well, who am I now? Like, what is any of it? Yeah. And for me, so I really thought for the longest time after that, that I just didn't like learning. I was like, mm. I don't like school. I don't like learning. And it wasn't until like my early 30s when I enrolled 
I started to get interested in like nutrition and fitness and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And then I rolled in a few courses and I realized I loved learning. Like, <laughs> and it was so interesting. And yeah. I, you know, I was doing all this voluntarily and paying for it and not getting like credentials that I could really use for a career or something after I was just doing it out of sheer interest. And it was so nice to be learning something and enjoying it and retaining it. And I remember thinking, oh, like if only, you know, in biology, we'd learned about nutrition in this way and how our cells work and how they interact with the food that we eat, mm. like things that would have like sparked my interest a lot more, yeah. like, um, and yeah, so that was just like so nice. And I've discovered a love of learning. And since then, like, you can't stop me. I'm in so, I've done so many courses <laughs> like since addict. then, right? And then I went on my whole yoga learning journey and it's just been beautiful and like it really enriches your life, but mm. it's so, so, so different when, when you, you actually like, want to yeah. know about things right? and you're actually well, curious. Like even actually in uni, cause I took business. So I had all these like mandatory courses, but literally all my electives, I took languages. So I took like Spanish and French and English and those were my favorite courses. And those were the ones I actually wanted to like learn and was like, this is actually useful for my life. I can <laughs> use these things. Um, and I was like way happier in that, but you just feel like you have to do things. Yeah. Yeah. So learning how to follow your passion and your yeah. intuition, um, and learning like, yeah, to do things for those kinds of incentives rather than something out of fear and obligation, mm. which is basically how we went through the school yeah. system. Okay. Um, and I've always been super jealous of people like Lena Dunham. Yeah. If anyone knows, she's like the creator of girls. She's, she's super controversial and she mm. can really rub people the wrong way be annoying yeah. sometimes in some ways but she's so smart mm. and like is a beautiful writer and she's very articulate when you listen to her speak even if you don't agree with everything that she says um and she grew up in a household uh, both her parents were really successful artists so she yeah. grew up with money in new york and all that kind of stuff and from what i've listened to and read like in interviews is she was really like her creativity was really fostered right and she also on the flip side people say grew up with such a sense of entitlement um from the way that she was raised but with that she had this confidence to do things like when she was 24 film like a short feature film and stuff yeah. based with like i think just some regular camera mm. equipment and stuff like that and that's like was the beginning of girls which ended up being a really popular hbo show yeah and so yeah i always i'm like what would it have been like to if we just could roam free yeah our, you could have yeah. like fostered the things rather than spend all this time trying to not be scared of, yeah. <laughs> of people and things yeah. and putting yourself out there and all the things that we kind of grew up learning in that way um and then also so the thing is like our parents were super involved with our education mm. life like in terms yeah. of just wanting us to do well and being very yeah. invested not involved in like helping us no. complete both <laughs> things but involved in what is your final grade yeah. you are you have failed in life they or were you, watching or okay you you've done yeah. good and you're a success um but i have also talked to friends before who had that flip side of parents who weren't involved at all yeah. right like and didn't care what they were going to do next and weren't like wasn't a discussion where everyone was saying mm. what are you going to enroll in in your yeah. next thing or whatever um and that's not great either yeah right so you want kind of like some sort of medium between the two um okay and then do you have any other ones no that was it for me do you okay i've got one more okay so looks are super important oh yeah <laughs> and that in a lot of ways like appearance is important right so yeah. it does like 
there is like a value system put on it. There is something that registers in people's brains based on how they view people look in different yeah, ways. Yeah, and how you present yourself. Um, but it's not that you have to be the best looking person. And they've done studies about it where they say if it looks like you put effort into yourself. So if you're clean and your hair is brushed, have a laminated you know, eyebrow. Yeah, <laughs> you've gone and laminated your brows um, and you just look ke- like well kept. Yeah. Then you will have more opportunities in life. Mm. So it, cause those kinds of impressions do like register on a, like if not conscious, then subconscious level. Um, and people will find you more attractive as well. So that's, I think is interesting in that, like, so there is like something to it, right? Yeah, there's not validity just, to it. just that, but, um, and yeah, also the more attractive you are, the easier it is to get a job, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. And um, life is just easier generally yeah. in some ways. But um, I, at a very young age, was like really made to think about what my body was and mm. what my looks were and all of that kind of thing in, in a negative way that yeah. I wish I could have avoided for a little bit longer yeah. at least. And I don't know if I told this story before, but I remember I had this bikini and I think I was like seven or something and I came out. It wasn't, it was like a, like kind of a body glove bikini or something. If you remember mm. body glove from the nineties, it's, I think it's popular again now and they kind of do neon prints and uh, stuff like yeah. that. And it was not a string bikini or anything, but it was like a crop top and yeah. bottoms or something. And I remember it coming out and my dad looking at me and then kind of laughing and being like, Oh, and he said something like, can you wear that? And like pointed to my tummy and like, I wasn't a fat kid or no. anything like that, but I wouldn't have been super skinny i guess so i probably had a little bit of a tummy but like kids do that's just have natural. tummies like yeah. that's just what they yeah it's like you're not supposed to look sexy um but i remember being so excited coming out in the bikini because yeah. i just fucking love that bikini yeah. right and like it was like that change of innocent to not right well, Where, you said before it was kind of one of the first times you were conscious of your body yeah being like oh yeah i guess i, I never thought body. about my body as a body yeah. i just thought i like this i want to wear it yeah. this makes me happy this is cool right so i put that on and went out and then i thought oh and then that was when the thought process started am i not supposed to wear this like mm. what is my body supposed to look like why yeah. you know why would my dad laugh like yeah. if i'm wearing this like all of that kind of stuff so those are the kinds of things I definitely want to keep in mind too. But like, because yeah. I know you can't avoid it from outside no. influences. So at least at home, if you can yeah. create like more of a safe space or also uh, I've heard so many people talk about this before, but like me, myself, I don't want to yeah, talk about talk my about own body, body. Yeah. and kind of put that influence onto yeah. the baby. Um, and then the other thing was <laughs> my mom would always say, like, I loved purple. Purple was my favorite color. But then she thought that I didn't look good in purple. And I had, like, a purple dress someone had given me yeah. or something. And I remember her being like, you can't wear that color purple because that's not your color. And then that was another thing yeah. where I started to be like, oh, what's my color? Like, I and I lie. really felt growing yeah. up, like, there was, like, a box of colors that were bad and a box yeah. of colors that were good. And I was going to somehow die if I wore a box <laughs> of bad colors because they weren't my colors. Yeah. So that kind of a thing. <laughs> well, it just also reminds you how like susceptible our minds are as kids, like to really take things in and like use them as gospel almost. <laughs> like, well, if yeah. that's what you tell them, yeah. yeah. And then, because not a lot of things were up for discussion mm. in our house too, with the way that the dynamics yeah. were. So 
it's kind of like you were given this tidbit of knowledge and then you just had to think about it yourself on your own like it wasn't something where you could bring it up later because you didn't really know if you were allowed to yeah um yeah so that was kind of the last one and I think we'll get into this kind of stuff later but one of the things about that was like I really want to teach my kids like to have worth outside of those things and outside Mm. of like being the best whether that's at school or like in how you look or like any of those things like I really would love them to have like do things like understand like feel value in how their body moves and that it can get them to do things and like it may be in sports but it's hard because it's not just about like winning or being good I want to try and just that feeling of being in your body and like being alive and being yeah with our parents (laughs) basically like if you were going to do anything they were like you should be in the olympics if you're going to do it or like you should be the best person in the world (laughs) like our dad still is like i wasted those piano lessons on you and i was like was i supposed to become a professional pianist like what what do you want me to do with the piano lessons like Oh, and even when I did, I was doing powerlifting in law school. And didn't our yeah. mom say like, "Oh, well, maybe she should go." To- well, no, our so our parents first really didn't want you to do no, powerlifting. Like, they were so, big. so worried that you were going to get big and look like a man. Yeah, and they would call me and tell me <laughs> like, "I should you should you talk to Tori about this?" Like, and I was like, "It's fine. She's not going to look like a man. It's amazing, right? It's like she's getting strong, like all this stuff." And then when they decided that maybe you could enter the Olympics as a powerlifter, then, then it was okay, it was okay <laughs> because that gave it value. But otherwise, it was just going to ruin your looks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we won't go down that rabbit yeah. hole any further. But um, yeah, I just want to teach my kids like to have other values. Yeah. like, And not to just have no, like you're going to want some, like it is nice to like look nice in certain ways yeah. I feel but like just know that that's not the only thing that matters yeah. and I want them to have a lot of other things to reach for in their toolbox that that um give them a sense of pride and stuff that aren't just mm. reliant on like what other people are thinking and doing yeah okay okay should we move on to some of our advice yes so is it I guess this is an advice for future parents future us Okay, I didn't write any of these, so you. Oh, I don't even. I wrote some of them. <laughs> I have no okay. advice written down. No advice. One of mine is just to be present. That's like one of the huge ones because I feel I'm nervous, and like we've talked about this just with phones and stuff. Like so many of us are not present these days, but I feel like it makes such a difference if you just like sit down with a kid and like look at them in the eyes, and you're fully there and like playing a game with them or doing this like. On the weekend, I was with a kid. I haven't hung out with kids in so long, but I was with a kid, like a four-year-old, who was like pretty hyperactive and a bit of like a troublemaker. But we were just like, I think he had a coin. He had like a $2 coin. And I was just like teaching him how to flip a coin with his like finger. And he was so into it. And just like, you could tell he was like absorbing it like a sponge. And you're Mm -hmm. just like, oh, you can see how much kids want to like discover and learn and do that. And I feel like it's so good to just take the time to actually be present well for you too right? yeah, yeah for everyone like I feel like it's kind of a lost art these days sometimes um okay another one was um which kind of goes along with that is like treat kids like real people like don't just baby them all the time like I was thinking about um one of our neighbors growing up Michael 
Um, so we had neighbors who like their backyard backed onto our backyard and it was a couple and they didn't have kids. So we would like, but they were great and we would hang out with them a lot. And Michael was just someone who really like, I think he treated kids like adults, but in a good way where he made me feel like I could do anything and like, and like someone was really listening to you yeah, and listening to what and you like said. made you feel really capable. And like, I remember, I think when I was younger, I had a project about like cougars and I had to research cougars and like they had just gotten the internet and he like let me come over and like research things on the internet. But like he wouldn't. Yeah, I just feel like he didn't like baby or try and like, you know, do that. I feel like some people just like coddle children in a way that's not actually helpful. Whereas like if you teach them, not teach them, but like treat them like just an actual person respect yeah it, it can really make such a difference in like well it empowered you yeah and it made me feel like more confident and it probably just, made you feel safer with him yeah too. like sure. i remember feeling that with michael yeah like i could say something and he it would actually could mean something yeah and he would actually take it in so i feel like that that's huge um what else oh i think the most important thing is just making your kid feel loved and safe like i feel like it can get really overwhelming like even you thinking about having your baby now I mean like oh what are all the things that I need to do yeah. and like even everything we're talking about now but I think the bottom line is just like making them feel unconditionally loved and safe because that's the thing that's gonna and like feeling like they base. can say I did something bad to you yeah mm-hmm. and like knowing that you'll kind of help them through anything and just support them through anything is huge and that no matter what happens outside when they come home they'll be okay yeah their little like safe corner of the world yeah um and we were talking kind of about this earlier but yeah encourage their interests and passions like whatever they are i feel like that like really take notice of what lights your kid up and just foster that because that's so it's hard to find those things and like it really makes such a difference and i'm like (laughs) i've I've talked to our, our mom about this before but like when i was younger i like loved soccer and volleyball and i'm pretty sure i asked her parents to like sign me up for soccer and volleyball teams but they just never did and i i don't know why yeah like they did like they tried to sign us up for all these other sports and i think they were trying to do like what they thought was best or whatever but it's like here i am now at like 32 being like okay but i'm finally doing volleyball yeah <laughs> um but yeah like just if if they have an actual passion or interest just foster as much as possible because it really helps to build like passion and confidence and so much of that stuff but also without the pressure of and now you have yeah. to be a wor- like world like <laughs> soccer champion. player um what else oh uh i also kids don't actually need that much to be entertained like i think yes. you realize this because you're trying to not like amass a giant amount of toys but it's like so many of the times i've babysat it in anything it's like the most exciting thing is a cardboard box yeah like just anything that can foster the imagination in, yeah like the imagination is huge and also um, they get overwhelmed by too much stuff yeah just like you it's overstimulation too. um and then along with that and the imagination stuff just read like read with your kids as much as you can like that was that one, is of, one of the best things that we yeah. learned actually yeah we, had, like, we were in a reading house our parents are big readers yeah that was huge because reading I feel like it makes such a difference. It like it does foster your imagination and make you. And that was our gateway into other books. Words. Were our Instagram? Yeah, that's how how we grew up, and that's how we learned about different ways that people were living their lives and different things that were out there. That was Instagram for that's us. Huge, and I feel like it just makes you smarter. Like it 
it helps you to learn more about the world and like have a better vocabulary like I can tell when people are readers or not because I feel like sometimes I'll use words and yeah, people will be like what's that word and I'm like how do you not know but also word? I know that I'm a reader because I don't know how, how to pronounce any of the words <laughs> and I've made up how they sound in my head and I will say them and people will be like what that's are you talking word? about and I'll be like I've never said it out loud <laughs> I've only read it before <sighs> so that too um <laughs> what's another one? Oh, the last one was like i read it on cup of joe this blog that i read um but it's i forget what the whole thing is but it was basically like just add water so it was like basically you can usually like solve anything with a kid if you like get them oh, to drink I some did. water or like too, give yeah. them a bath or there's probably a third turn one on the hose yeah well, turn on the hose like any of those things it was just like I feel like that's a good and also actually Cup of Joe is a great series on motherhood around the world if you haven't yeah, read it read that because that's also really inspiring because it shows you how people parent around the world and gives you a lot of like interesting and ideas. how different it can be yeah and how there is no right or wrong exactly okay I think that was most of my okay I advice. actually did have a list of advice but it's not my advice it's a list of like old advice ah. basically that I thought would be interesting because it kind of reflects yeah what we're almost trying to get away from although like it is good manners anyways but so it's always say please and thank you respect your elders show mm -hmm. good table manners always tell the truth don't talk to strangers brush your teeth properly twice a day treat others with kindness mm. and those are like good values but they're they like they are old those old-fashioned old yeah okay oh did you think of any books yet no <laughs> um i have some off the top of my head okay we also wanted to recommend some of our favorite like kids books so one of mine was actually um this author chris van allsberg i realized he actually wrote jumanji and the polar express but i didn't even realize those were because he has a couple other ones and i just loved his picture books when i was little because they're, they're really yeah. beautifully illustrated and also really interesting stories like if you think about jumanji obviously like mm -hmm. they're all like that and they're all a bit almost like not creepy but there's a bit of that weird like weirdness to it but i loved those books and then yeah shell silverstein like i said earlier his poetry books were just like my favorite things ever um and anything judy bloom yes is amazing um and there was also this series called anastasia krupnik krupnik that i loved and it was just about this girl i think i just um what's the word i don't know i can't think associated with her no right what's it called when you oh <laughs> anyways you guys know what i mean um she i saw a bit of me in her identified, identified. Yeah. yeah um I she like was like to read. yeah she was like a nerdy like eight-year-old or something and i was like that's me do you remember ramona the book series yeah like, ramona was the great was it who's ramona, ramona quimby yeah Ram is that oh ramona name? quimby yeah yeah no those were good too um yeah oh those are mine well, I didn't write a list for this either, but I'd say Roll Doll, like any of oh, his Roald books. Oh, Roll Doll's are, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The I Witches, just, BFG. And they're all dark, but they they're are so a bit good. Dark too. And the Giant Peach, like all those ones. Um, I love Robert Munch for like the younger kids books yeah like, those just are really really good. I remember just looking at the pictures over and over and like getting, they were just really getting funny. so into it. Um, yeah, obviously Judy Bloom. We're both diehard Judy Bloom fans. Mm. And she does stuff like for really little kids to like adults. Yeah. Which I love. So you can just grow Great. up with her. Amazing. Um and yeah, that's all I would say for now. Mm. I mean there's tons of stuff, but Yeah. It's a good start. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, and now it's the lightning question round. <laughs> oh, I don't know if mine are lightning questions. But... Yeah, mine aren't either. <laughs> so I had thought of some questions for you that I wanted to ask just to get your like quick fresh opinion. Yeah, fresh opinion. <laughs> um, so one is what qualities would you most want your kids to have? Ooh, um, curiosity is a big one. I think curiosity... I think it would just be so fun to like have a kid who's always asking. Okay, I might regret this later. A kid who's always asking questions or like trying to learn and all that stuff. Um, kindness. I feel like kindness is just so important to me in general in humans. Um, hmm, what else? I think um, assertiveness. Ah, yeah. That was like literally all that was ever on all of my report cards. I was like, Victoria needs to be more assertive. And I feel like I want to raise kids who are assertive. Actually, that was one of the things from where we were taught to be afraid of being wrong or doing those yeah. things. We both were very quiet yeah. in school always. So that yeah. was always a thing. And, and that's translated into our work lives too mm-hmm. is like because we are too scared to that we'll somehow get in trouble. Yeah. So then you don't say anything. And yeah, it's, it's hard just, to It's a shake. whole cycle. And now we have a podcast. Yeah. Us, but like that's also why this is such a like a huge accomplishment yeah. for us, I think, because we would never have thought that we would be doing something like this and no. speaking publicly about our personal lives and all of those never. kinds of things. Like, so yeah, it's just great. It's huge. Okay, should I ask you one? Um, yeah. Okay. If you had to have a mantra for how you want to parent, what will it be? Is that too hard to think of on the well, spot? I would say. <laughs> Like, just something that you'd always want to remind yourself if you're, like, feeling overwhelmed, maybe. Or... I feel like it would always be something about, like, let it flow. Let it or, flow. like, let it. Yeah. Like, because I don't think, and now, because I feel like we were our parents' experiment, right? Yeah. And then they tried their hardest to make us what they thought would not just like what they wanted us to be but what they thought would help us have yeah, a good life the and like succeed in the world right with the best intentions yeah. but we had to be who we were going to be no matter what mm. and so I think like all of that force and just delayed yeah intention was yeah. like it wasn't it just like created a lot of conflict and insecurity and indecisiveness yeah. and like kind of a lostness and I I would love to try and avoid avoid that, that. Yeah. avoid piling on all this yeah. extra stuff to get through when there's already enough stuff to yeah. get through in the world that you're gonna have to navigate outside of your home right so like instead of also having to navigate that inside like i mm. i would hope that i can just like let things be a yeah. lot of the time in a certain way and like let her be and just yeah. kind of like i'm hoping that i can just recognize her personality yeah. and, and who she's going to be and see like what her light is and just be there to foster yeah, it yeah. and like create a safe environment for it rather than like try and control everything. I think that you should end up yeah. being like this or doing this or you need to be more like this like yeah I think it reminds me of another thing I read on Cup of Joe where that people are just like babies be babies so it's like yeah. you just let like I in a lot of ways I don't feel like we were allowed to be children no. like it was like you can't be loud you can't do like we were really like yeah so I feel like it's like babies are supposed to cry they're gonna like shit everywhere they're gonna do all this stuff and like it's not a failure on your part or like you just have to let them do their things and know that like that's just what kids do yeah yeah 
so yeah something about like let them be Mm. or let it flow (laughs) i don't know one of those kinds of things you get the gist yeah okay so tori what would make you feel like a successful parent i think the main thing would just be if i had a like happy kid or a content child who yeah i think that's the main thing i don't really care about anything else (laughs) what about you yeah, I think a, a yeah. confident kid, confident, like yeah. a kid who like knows who felt they, like they are, self worth, like, yeah, yeah, and a felt like they had a place self. in the world mm. already. I think that would yeah. be amazing. That would be huge. Yeah, but then also I think like, oh, is that us just ricocheting off of yeah. our parents? You know what I mean? <laughs> but you never know. Maybe. But I feel like it's a good, it's a good yeah. place to start. That makes sense. Okay, Alex. What is the first song you want to sing to your baby? Oh my god! I just made a birthing playlist. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And I put some classics on there actually, but I don't know. I've been seeing if you heard the mantras that we sing in the podcast at the end. Do you feel like there's like a lullaby you'll you'll want to sing her? I was thinking, do I even remember lullabies? Like one came into my head. What's that one? Words, is it? I don't know. Um, no. What was the one like? I would buy you. Oh, I would buy you a diamond ring. Yeah, I was just singing that. Yeah, Mama's gonna buy you a mockingbird. Is that creepy? And I was like, it's weird. Like, I'm gonna have to make up different lyrics if I sing this. But then I also thought. Do I have to sing any of the no. like lullabies that I knew growing no. up? I can just sing yoga songs, mantras and other yeah. stuff and songs yeah. that I like and see how it goes and see what she likes, I guess. Oh, yeah. Wait, that was the question. What was the question? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's the first song? Or, you oh, know? I don't know what yeah. the first song is. <laughs> It'll be spontaneous. I think it probably will be a mantra just because yeah. I've already been singing them. Yeah. So much. So we'll see. Um. Okay, and my last question for you is if you had, if you like grew up with the opposite style of parenting to what we grew up. So let's say like super disinterested parents Mm. who didn't, had no like involvement in what you were doing and, and were, didn't set any big expectations on you at all. Like, but to the point where you also felt like you had no guidance. Like, what do you think? Like, how do you think that would have affected you? Do you think it would have been, you would, like, who would you be today? Oh, that's a hard one to know. Because, like, yes, we can complain all we want yeah. about our parents and how we were raised. But, yeah, if it was the exact opposite, opposite. what, like, what would you what would you think be? the filters you'd be ridding yourself of really now would be? I really don't because I don't know how much of, yeah. I'm trying to think if I was, like, just, like, would I be earnest in the way same way still or would i not be because like the lack of interest would then make me be like oh yeah well that's a good question i probably wouldn't have gone to like uni and then law school (laughs) probably wouldn't have gone to law school um i wonder if i would have just like moved to europe or like yeah gone and like I don't know. I don't know if I would have been as like academically inclined. Well, I wonder how of much of your like young youth, even though you loved learning and yeah. stuff, how much of it was also driven by getting accolades or praise, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. But then also maybe I think sometimes with kids, 
like that who have disinterested parents if they are edu- like academically yeah. minded then maybe it'd be more you'd seek it you'd seek the yeah. affirmation outside of home for sure yeah i don't know i wish i could see i wish i could do yeah, like it'd a be sliding interesting doors to be like what would the other yeah. thing be okay my last question for you is what do you think your biggest challenge will be as a parent Oh, I don't know. I think it also <laughs> depends on the kid, right? Yeah, like, for sure. It depends on our personalities and how they work together, or don't work together. Or is there like anything you're worried about? Or yeah, there's so many things I'm worried <laughs> about. What do you mean? So of like, course. I don't know. Is there a top? I am worry? so worried about like body image and appearance oh, like putting, and all of those yeah. kinds of things. Like, yeah. I feel like it's so hard, and it's, it's so I hard think, for girls. I think it's like the thing you were talking about earlier too. That like you have to be aware of like whatever you're saying about yourself or like kids are sponges and they're soaking up everything around them. And it's not just from me actually. So this uh, illustrator that I have followed for many years, Jessica Hish, she's like a beautiful, like she writes beautiful um, or creates beautiful like lettering and Mm. stuff like that. She's really quite famous like in her discipline and stuff. And so she's got this great newsletter and she made this, she drew out this mirror basically that then carved the the mirror is carved into the words that, that I think that says like you are beautiful or yeah. something or you are and she made it she said because her daughter who's named Ramona actually like that book no. um I think she's five years old and she came up to her and said that she knew she was ugly um uh. and that she knew that she didn't have like the face or the looks or whatever it was like the things that are supposed to make you pretty and um and then she wrote in the newsletter that she was just so heartbroken by her daughter saying that and saying that she knew that she didn't look like what a pretty girl should look like right because and she's five right that's crazy and she said because she herself has been so conscious about not talking about herself not talking about those kinds of things not putting it out on her daughter like really consciously it was one of her main values and she was like, despite all of that, the her daughter was still world. able to yeah. pick that up, look in a mirror and think that her face didn't look like the face it, mm. it like it should look like to be cool or whatever yeah. in society. And that was at five. And that broke my heart because I thought, oh, my God, that's what well, I want to avoid. You wouldn't think like <laughs> five year olds would be conscious of that in that way. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's like, where did she learn that? Especially with yeah. a parent who is so conscious. Right. And. So that that's is, the it is kind of scary that it's like you don't have control over. No, and yeah. so that was the thing. Like when I found out I was having a girl, yeah, I was so excited, but I also felt like Nervous. real like apprehension because well, I you thought know it's what a huge responsibility. Yeah. yeah, and there's so much to navigate, and I think it's. Well, people say it's gotten harder because there's Instagram and Facebook and stuff, but for me personally, yeah. it would have been easier in this just to see more diversity it would have been easier for me to see more diversity and have that and be able to find my channels and my people that i resonated with whereas i grew up in such a time where it felt so siloed and there was Mm. no one that looked like me or you know all that kind of stuff like so i would have definitely thrived more i think in this environment but um hopefully that'll be the same for her i don't know (laughs) we'll see um so yeah that's the thing i'm probably most worried about is navigating that that touchy stuff definitely okay do you have any more questions no i'm done okay this one's a long one oh. um we don't really have a woo-woo but i was thinking we can just say like yeah kind of what we do hope for 
our generation of kids I guess like what kind of world we want them to be in in generation alpha generation alpha what do we envision for them I think and hope like I do feel like each generation gets more and more conscious so I'm hoping for them and we're now in the age of Aquarius exactly the age of the energy we grew up in which is Capricorn um so I'm really hoping yeah they do just live in a more open and accepting world and like I feel like it does feel like we were talking about this earlier that there does actually feel like there's a shift and 2021 is like bringing in some new energy and I don't know I feel like I, feel like I do have hope for like that generation and that they'll well, be more I feel kind more comfortable more... in the society we have today yeah. and that is saying a lot I think so I'm hoping that that that's because there is a shift happening and there's more of an open discourse like Mm. you're allowed to talk about more things like you're not supposed to keep things hidden like and yeah it can be annoying with some people and some you know everyone's got a platform or whatever but um it's also beautiful because you can find people that resonate with you and the things that that lift you up and inspire you and like I don't like I obviously don't have kids yet or know that many people who are in school age right now but just the way that like media is now and like the type of shows we watch and all that like it seems like bullying and that stuff would be like less acceptable or more called out or just yeah that hopefully there is more acceptance and more yeah just kindness (laughs) I hope (laughs) a beautiful thing to hope for yeah um anything else any last thoughts before you pop <laughs> oh, we'll see i guess we'll, we'll record next week like if i if you haven't popped i don't have her yet by the 25th so for sure we'll see how it goes um and then we will have a birthing episode for you for yeah. anyone who's actually interested in that stuff but there's a lot to talk about that too i'm sure that will be an interesting one so yeah, thanks for following us along on this journey mm-hmm. um, in our quest to live tenfold. Yeah. Um, and just remember, like, for yourself to try and also live tenfold where you can and live a life that allows you to be your truth, a life that needs no filters. Mm-hmm. Remember to live a life that is true to you. Live free. Live, live tenfold. tenfold. And also, don't forget to follow us if you haven't. Um, Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. And make sure you're following our Instagram and Facebook, which are at tenfold. Well, Instagram's underscore after the tenfold. (laughs) At tenfold underscore. (laughs) Instagram. Facebook is just at tenfold. (laughs) Website is www.tenfold.com. And yes, please leave a review. We love getting reviews. It makes us very happy. (laughs) Okay. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay. And now for the woo-woo part. Um, We're just going to sing a mantra again that you guys are probably familiar with if you've listened to the podcast. And it's kind of a last lullaby for the baby while she's still in my tummy. And then we'll hopefully be singing it to her when she comes out. So... Should we do it three times? Yeah. Okay. Om Asatoma Gamaya Tamasoma Joyti Gamaya Vichoma 